0: Off the ball. He's a very, very dangerous player in Scottish football. He's he's probably too good for Scottish football, if you know what I mean. Subscribe now to the OTB Football podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Kenny Cunningham, I'm in shock, I think, because it finished uh, Liverpool 7, Manchester United 0. Nobody would have predicted this where did it all go wrong for Manchester United? <laughs> <laughs> Starting with an How easy one. How much battery
1: charge <laughs> is on that
0: camera? Yeah. Well, you did actually make a very important point uh, during the commentary, Kenny, in which you said the Manchester United set up and putting Bruno Fernandes on the left. I think that left a lot of people scratching their heads because they're thinking Alexander-Arnold, is a weak link in that Liverpool back four. So what was Ten Hag thinking?
1: Yeah, look, I'm, I'm not suggesting that one tactical uh, change or, or tweak was responsible for the fo- for 7-0 drubbing that Manchester United got, but it did surprise me a little bit because, look, I understand Rashford uh, is very capable of playing as a as a number nine down centrally, he's pacing behind. I can understand that. I think he, he can impact the game just as much as a central striker as he can off the left-hand side. Problem is, when you put a flip Fernandes onto the left-hand side, you lose any real penetration down that side of the pitch. You can't beat anybody on the outside in kind of a 1v1 situation. So you sacrifice any natural width down your left-hand side, and you're totally dependent on your right-winger to give you that little bit of quality 1v1, and maybe a little bit of width down the right-hand side. And Anthony... It's either a feast or a famine with him so far in his Manchester United career. You can't trust him. So, yeah, so that surprised me a little bit. I just feel that unbalances United. When I see Fernandes as a 10 behind a central striker, whether that's Rashford or Veghorst, and two natural wingers on the flanks, take your pick, whether it's Rashford Sancho, uh, Anthony, or Garnacho—I think there's a nice bit of balance there, and you've got and you've got uh, wide players who can beat people in one v one situations, and Fernandes can best influence the game in that kind of central position. So yeah, that was a surprise to me. I would not exactly say Manchester United suffered because of it, because Rashford on occasion did look threatening in behind, but I just thought it unbalanced him. I didn't think it helped, but. I mean a half time uh, Manchester United rolling in one 0 at halftime, you certainly wouldn't have expected the kind of avalanche that we got uh, we got in the second half. I think Ten Hag would have been happy with what he saw first half, but he wouldn't have been unduly upset. You know, there would have been no you know, cups of tea getting thrown around the dressing room. He would have said to his players, Come on, we can do better if we're still in this game. You know, let's go again. But they just never got going. Liverpool Liverpool never allowed them, just really stepped onto them second half, Liverpool and ferocious intensity kind of physicality went after them wrestled the ball off them kind of bullied them almost the Liverpool of old uh, you you could suggest and very clinical when the opportunities presented themselves and there was plenty of them in the second
0: half we could talk about the manager all day but at some point the players had to take responsibility and there was a lot of talk last week after the EFL Cup win against Newcastle about the United players kind of thinking Right, we've done this now the League Cup win is in the bag we move on now because we have to start thinking about the next few challenges whether it be putting pressure on the top two in the Premier League trying to win the Europa League trying to win the FA Cup as a supporter if you travel down to Anfield and watch that performance in the second half you must be fuming after all that talk last week and then United's players put in what really was an embarrassing second half performance yeah
1: you would be fuming but I suppose you'd have to temper that somewhat when you look at the run Manchester United have been on previous to that you've mentioned it there uh, already the high level of consistency uh, that they've performed that, and they've been saying all the right things even after back of the uh, the Carabao Cup win against Newcastle. Still the messages are coming out where we're you know we're not happy with this. Uh, we want more trophies. We want to continue with this. Uh, there's no, there's going to be no drop off. So all the kind of messaging coming out of the football club from the manager and the players were right. But of course uh, talk is cheap and yeah just went out of today. Too many players. I spoke about tactically the setup. But that wasn't the only reason. Just individually, too many players, even as more experienced players, just went at it today. And against the kind of rejuvenated, kind of refocus, I'd suggest, and really ultra-determined Liverpool team,
0: they just didn't have enough on the pitch. And you think it might be a good thing as well. You know, United supporters obviously will be really feeling this. they be really hurting. But as a, a way to refocus the team and say, look, we're not there yet, lads. You know, Ten Hag can yeah. show them there's a lot of improvement still to be done yeah
1: I think so you never want a result like this particularly against uh, uh, a team uh, which are history against uh, Liverpool at Anfield nobody wants that no Manchester United player manager or supporter and uh Ten Hag certainly won't be going into that Manchester United addressing him after the game and saying alright no, lads I'll cut you a bit of slack I'll give you your get out of jail card that performance today he won't accept that what he saw second half uh, from his players and it just might be a reminder maybe to him the coach and staff and even the players like I said just a small little re- a reality check and he can at least he can put it out there to the wider public and the Manchester United support bases yeah we're in a good place at the moment I'm happy where we are but there's still work to do and that performance is evidence of it you know we're still kind of on a journey there and we
0: still have some way to go and is there do you think based on some of the performances today are there some players that he might be looking at still shifting out of the club well, with it's the funny, is it? Yeah,
1: it's funny you say that. You never judge maybe any player off one yeah. particular performance. And like I said, he couldn't be overly critical of any of these players prior to the, uh, today's game because of that level of consistency which they have. But sometimes it just takes one game mm. or a period of time in the game an individual's performance, like his reaction, his attitude in a moment of adversity, and sometimes that can be enough for a manager. He'll see one person in a different light at that moment and say, "And that'll be it." And he mightn't say it publicly. He might even admit it to anybody else but in his own mind he might say no that's it that's the final strike I can't have that I can't trust that player yeah I can trust him when things are going well and players are playing well around them. but kind of in moments in adversity when I needed him to step up I, I didn't see it in-, in fact he switched off he wasn't kind of interested so I'm not saying there was too many of those performances below preferred performances certainly there was one moment in that second half we mentioned it live on the commentary when Bruno Fernandes got done 1v1 against Bietic the substitute when he came on close to the touchline and he just he gave it up mm-hmm. Stephen. he gave it up he stopped running he stopped running he walked back into the centre of the pitch as Begetich was driving down the touchline almost saying I'm not interested one of you can deal with it absolutely no way Mm. Ten Hag will accept that and I'll be amazed if he's not having a private conversation with Bruno Fernandes and saying look that is absolutely totally unacceptable uh, going forward that's not the type of lead I want to see from my senior professional players at the football club that literally cannot uh, happen again so they're the type of things you have to you have to really do it have to nip in the bud Mm. and you have to confront head on but I think he will do he's shown himself to be that type of manager so far in his his, uh, Manchester United career
0: and, you know, to come from where they came from last season, they're almost guaranteed, well, Champions League football for next season, it's looking like that once they can kind of keep that third place ahead of Liverpool, they yeah. might end up fourth away. Once way they Liverpool guaranteed, likely, I'd okay, agree yeah. with you, yeah, probably, yeah.
1: but that, that'd be a slight worry, yeah. wouldn't it, that performance kind of second half.
0: Yeah, and they're still in the two trophies as yeah. well. Europa League, FA Cup, still a good chance of winning both of oh, those. Yeah. So.
1: yeah, they're in a good place. And They're yeah. in a good place. And I was so surprised. Like Martinez spoke about below-par performance uh, from him. Luke Shaw's well lost his composure in uh, second half. Casemiro just a little bit out, uh, out of sorts as well. So just too many of those performances all over the pitch. You know, human nature, you could say. A little bit of a drop-off. Hard to expect those constant high levels a performers are only human beings at the, at the end of the day but certainly the Manchester United manager will be looking uh, for a reaction from his players, a little bit of a bounce back. Because like you say, one defeat, that becomes two, maybe three defeats on the spin. And the teams below them, the kind of Newcastle and Spurs, find a little bit of form in that period. All of a sudden they've got teams breathing down their neck, going into the, maybe the last half-dozen games of the season. And suddenly that Champions League place isn't looking such a given. So he just has to be wary of that, but I'm sure,
0: I'm sure he will. I'm sure, they, like I said, the Manchester United manager will confront it. Have we seen the first time this Liverpool team with their two new forwards, Gakpo and Nunez, combining with Salah, is that the best performance we've seen? Well, you know, we've got two goals from each player, so obviously obviously it is. What do you think it is that clicked for those three today?
1: Yeah, well, funnily enough, no, I'm going to temper that. I I actually didn't think the front three uh, clicked. I've got to be honest with you. Mm. And the reason for that is uh, Darwin Nunez's position on the left-hand side. Now, people throw back at me and say, what are you talking about? You know, you really scored two goals today. What are you talking about? But if you look at those two goals today, there was no real combination interaction in the lead up to those goals. He basically got himself in a centre forwards position. The ball arrived in there and he got two headed goals. You know, so even that suggests to me, even when he's asked to play on the left hand side, his natural inclination wants to take him onto the inside into those central striking positions. So I think that's something, like I said, which Klopp will have to wrestle with going forward. I don't don't think Darwin Nunes' future is down the uh, left hand side. I think if he's going to have a long career, Liverpool and a successful one it's going to be his essential striker and I think he needs to get in there sooner rather than later. Gapco has proved in his PSV career and even when occasionally he's had minutes there for Liverpool he can operate off the left-hand side with great effect. Mm. We saw that with the goal today picking the ball up in a naturally wide left position driving on the inside and putting it into the far corner. Nunes never looks as comfortable when he's driving in from that left-hand side. His his head's never up. He never really sees the clever little pass of those little combinations. So that'll be interesting particularly when Diaz uh, who's back already comes back and they're banging on the manager's door uh, for places I think that situation will resolve itself I don't see Darwin Nunes on Liverpool's left for the foreseeable future and going forward I think he's going to stay in this Liverpool team it's going to have to be as a central striker
0: where does this leave Liverpool now, this result? Because, well, I want to ask you actually before I, I mentioned that, is the, the defence, because the defence has been poor by their own very high standards set over the last number of seasons. And I just wonder how key is the return of Ibrahim McEnany coming in alongside Van Dyke? Because, look, Joel Matchup has been a great servant for Liverpool. And when a lot of people were, had their doubts over him, he really, you know, played some brilliant stuff for a couple of seasons yeah. for Liverpool alongside Van Dyke. He looks a bit slow this season. He hasn't found his best form in comes Kanate and all of a sudden they're looking a lot safer at the back there
1: yeah oh, without a doubt this is their strongest pairing I think it has been for uh, some time uh, Matt has been a fine server to the football club there, don't get me wrong yet, but he doesn't have those qualities that the athleticism the kind of dynamism uh, physically really that Kanate uh, has even Joe Gomez disappointed me a little bit this season mm-hmm. maybe even the last kind of 12 months too many kind of uh, too many errors for him individual mistakes still think he can be part of the squad going forward It's maybe a third four choice centre half he can also fill in as a backup right back so I wouldn't be pushing Joe Gomez out the door but certainly that pairing of Kanate and Virgil uh, van Dijk I think Liverpool supporters would probably say for some time that's their, that's their best pairing and you need a strong right-sided centre-half in this Liverpool team. We know the deficiencies that uh, Trent has. We didn't see them today. Manchester United, as we spoke about, didn't uh, exploit that today but we've seen enough of that over the last 12, 18 months to say... It's going to be a continual problem uh, for Liverpool going forward, unless there's a massive change in mindset from Alexander-Arnda in terms of the, the quality of his defending. At least the O'Connor gives you that. You know He can slide across, he's got the recovery speed, uh, Is there, he's good in one kind of 1v1 situation. So, yeah, he's going to be a very important uh, player for, C- uh, for Liverpool going forward and getting back to the level that they were at maybe
0: 18 months, two years ago. Yeah, and I mentioned earlier as well that uh, you know a couple of seasons ago they had a dreadful first half of the season, down in eighth position with ten matches to go. They still finished in third. That's great experience for them to have banked coming into this situation this season, which now all of a sudden doesn't look as bad as that season because they're now just three points behind Tottenham with a game in hand. If they win that, they're into the four position by their better goal difference over Spurs. So, would you say you're you're kind of looking at Liverpool thinking this team is going to finish top four this season?
1: Oh, I think they're in a great position at the moment, yeah. Probably about six weeks ago, I probably wouldn't have said that, uh, Steve, they're really kind of struggling. We know the kind of below-par performance look very much out of sorts, kind of lacking confidence, no real kind of rhythm cohesion uh, to their play. But they've certainly found something over the past couple of weeks and give the players and the manager uh, credit for that. And that performance today, probably similar, probably first 20, 25 minutes against Real Madrid, we got a kind of flavour of it. But we certainly got it for the majority of the game today. That kind of you know, tenacity, physicality, energy levels. We haven't seen uh, enough of that. Um, I still think there's issues there within the squad that he's going to have to rectify uh, in the summer. But what Liverpool have is they've got top, they've got top quality across the attacking uh, and line. And I think they have defenders who are better than, individually than what they've been shown over the past uh, six months. So, if you can just find the right balance and those, for me, it's that kind of central kind of midfield position is still absolutely key. Some good performances in there today, absolutely. Harvey Ellen in particular put down a marker to say, you've got to pick me now as one of those trio of central uh, midfield players. But kind of going forward, um, yeah, Liverpool need, need to have to find uh, some more quality, some more energy in that central area of the pitch. And I think that that's a given. I think... I, but I think that will be rectified in the summer. Easily said and done because a lot of players are chasing the type of midfielder that I'm talking about. High energy, technically box-to-box kind of athletic kind of midfield player. Um, you know, Chelsea are after them. Manchester United might, may even be chasing them uh, as well. You know who I'm talking about. talking about the likes of Declan Rice, uh, Duke Bellingham, Mason maybe Hamptons one or two others. Yeah, Mace may mm. be a totally different t- type of player, more of an attack-minded yeah. central midfield player. But Liverpool need to be in the hunt and certainly... Guaranteeing Champions League football next season will help them in terms of uh, making their pitch for those particular players in the summer.
0: Are Real Madrid a little bit worried now? Five two up in the in <laughs> the uh, in the last sixteen tie with Liverpool. Oh, it'll certainly get their attention.
1: Yeah, there's yeah. no pressure
0: on Liverpool going to this going yeah. to the, the Bernabeu. Yeah, um, you free know hit a goal or two early on. All the cliches
1: are going to come out. <laughs> Five two is <laughs> a to lose. None to, none to lose. None to lose. Yeah, I think it is. I, I, I think it is a, a free hit, but you've got to be careful. It, it can't be a free hit in terms of let's throw everything at them, kitchen sink and pile forward. Yeah. Can't do that against a, a team of this quality around mm-hmm. Madrid. They just pick you off and kind of in, embarrass you. But um, yeah, I think it's just performance now from Liverpool week to week. It's just kind of performance levels. Just have to replicate what we saw uh, this afternoon against uh, Manchester United. Far sterner test, obviously, uh, against uh, Real Madrid, but psychologically, mentally, uh, they're in a good place. And they'll be feeling good about themselves. Again, another clean sheet today. You always look for the small detail. Another clean sheet. Is that like four or five? Maybe uh, on the bounce, take out the, yeah. the Real Madrid, um, the Real Madrid game. A glut of goals today. Really good individual performances, and a lit, real cohesion to their play, today, which I haven't seen for a while you know they looked defensively solid for the, for, for the majority of that game the high press was good didn't allow Manchester United into their half too much sustained pressure on their goal and popped the ball around nicely and had a real cutting edge kind of high up the pitch so all those things all go well for the Real Madrid game it, it gives them a fighting chance so when I say a fighting chance I'm talking a fighting chance of going there and maybe maybe winning the game mm. you know by small margins I don't, I'm not talking a fighting chance of going and turning that tie around, I think they should really push those thoughts to the side. It's all it's on it's about performance levels going there, giving a good account yourself, putting it up to Real Madrid, and coming off that pitch, at the Bernabeu which I held head high and kind of
0: proud of your performance, irrespective of the of the result. Interestingly, their next two opponents, United and uh, Liverpool in Europe, Betis and Madrid meet tonight in Seville. That'll be an interesting game to watch. Just to ask you, finally, Kenny, because you're on duty. I know yesterday covering the Arsenal Bournemouth match, and unfortunately you were you had to get. Off the air fairly quick, but I uh, just wanted to get your opinion on that game because that had the feeling of a, a season-defining game. Is, there, is that would you, is that too much to put on that result? But no. like Arsenal, were they were behind twice. They conceded in the first minute, score with a winner in the seventh minute of it at a time that really had a feeling of a season-defining result for yeah. them. Yeah,
1: and of course, only time will tell at the end of the season. You look back at those kind of key moments and turning points, but yeah, but you're absolutely, absolutely right. remember a game of maybe about six weeks ago, was a home game against West Ham 1 nil down at half time, covering that game as well. You felt, oh, this is a, this is a real test against a kind of defensively solid team, breaking down half, uh, second half. And they did it that night. But this, even more so, even more so this game against Bournemouth. Team expected to win, just kind of roll all over. Give Bournemouth credit. Thought they'd done great first half. Defensive structure was great. Could have actually been 2 0 up at half time. Eventually got themselves 2 0 ahead. And then we're talking in studio, me and Damon Delaney there. Immediately I'm thinking, right, what's the odds? 3-2. 3-2 for the Arsenal. <laughs> I must admit I didn't see it s three goals, I thought, no, I I don't see it. Two all. Oh, here we go. Yeah, absolutely it was on. But funny enough, they lost a little bit of momentum after that. There's a couple of VAR things going on. The game got kind of fragmented. They lost a little bit of the rhythm, which kind of suited Bournemouth. And at that point, as they were kind of it was limping towards the end of the game, I felt I did feel as if the opportunity was lost, but give Arsenal credit, just kept believing, kept pushing, kept driving, or speaking about having pictures of the classic... uh Phoenix from the Flames Manchester United (laughs) v Sheffield Wednesday United's first league title was it that was two late goals under that Steve Bruce header wasn't it the last one of the game a little bit of a sense of that when the goal went in that kind of feeling do you know the way the whole stadium not so much the goal I'm not saying the goals or similar like that but the reaction uh, to the goal obviously what it meant in terms of the win but the the reaction with the crowd literally all went off you could feel it you know what I mean people jumping around not knowing not not knowing what do yeah. what to kiss people To kiss anybody in you know, not knowing how to celebrate almost the players the fans it was just literally it all went off there you know what I mean and that was great to see you can almost yeah. get a sense of that in the studio watching this so yeah you always feel as if potentially you sense it don't you that's, that's big something yeah. big has happened
0: there but ultimately of course we'll only know at the end of the season and they still have to play City so it will be an interesting last 10-12 uh, games Kenny thanks very much